no matter what you've done or what's been done to you that makes you feel like you're held hostage. The truth is that you're forgiven because of, you know, the good news of the gospel and you are free. Hello and welcome back to the 30 Second Book Club, a place for people who want to read books, more of them, and then also be in a book club but don't really have time to do either. I do it all for you. My name is Andy and this is a, a, a replay of a previous book club interview because maybe you missed it. Or maybe this is just one I think that it's so important that I wanted to share it again with you. And there's a special reason. I'll tell you that in a moment. But this is a Lisa Graff's journal, actually, called What's True About You. I thought it be, would be great for the new year uh, because if you can do this one thing this year and for the rest of your life, uh, life-changing. Replace the lies that you believe with God's truth. That's what this journal is all about. And we're going to get into the interview in just a moment. But Lisa wanted to give you a special discount code, too. To get this book, go to IamMotherOfTheYear.com, and if you buy the journal with the promo code Andy, A-N-D-Y, you're going to get 25% off, and oh, by the way, it's free shipping too. So IamMotherOfTheYear.com. And Lisa, first off, uh, before we even get into the journal, let's talk about your journey that you've had the last few years, where you've gone from just being a mom, uh, not just being a mom, that seems so silly, from from being a mom and then sh- then deciding to share that online and then having a community kind of come around you and, and encouraging moms all over the world. Uh, so talk about that journey a little bit. Yeah, I it was about three years ago that I started the journey of kind of, um, I was feeling very unsettled in motherhood uh, and I had only had one baby at the time, but was just feeling like, panicked almost that I was going to lose my identity in, uh, in, in motherhood. And so I just started searching and started to get to know God better and get to know myself better. And through that, I think God was really faithful in giving me a vision for, um, like uh, my voice. And, um, and so I, I realized that like, I want to speak into the lives of women. And so I just got curious about that and started digging into that more and more and more. And then, um, and really through the pain of feeling like because I don't love motherhood all the time and then I would, I would heap shame on me for that. You know, I would, um, I would, I just had a really hard time celebrating myself and finding joy in the chaos. And I'm like, man, I can't possibly be alone. Let me see if I can share the strategy. And so what started as one blog post about sarcastically being mother of the year, um, step by step by step turn into this community of thousands of women across the world. And um, I mean, all these amazing conversations and I'm a speaker and I get to talk to moms all the time. And it's kind of just been this really beautiful journey of like the pain and the, the support that I needed, I wasn't finding anywhere. And so I just created something myself that's been the biggest gift to me as much as it is to the, to the moms that I'm serving. So I'm sure that um, this journal that you've uh, made called What's True About You, does it come from your experiences in your own life or experiences you've had with moms in your I Am Mother of the Year Facebook group or your website, IamMotherOfTheYear.com? Yeah, it comes from both, but it really started for me as I was starting to to realize, I'm saying I'm not equipped for this all the time. I heard that phrase so often that it started to stick out to me and... Um, I think that was like God and his kindness going, Hey, let's examine this real quick. Are you, are you not equipped? Like, are you not, is that true? And so it was through this process of discovering, Hmm, what does God say about that? What does God say about me and what, whose voice am I listening to in that moment of, um, you know, any, any motherhood moment, anything that brings about 
change or confrontation or anything new or scary, I was like, oh, I'm not equipped for this. It was my automatic first response. And so that's when I really uh, dug into it a little bit more and realized that that was a lie I was believing uh, um, and, and living out. I was living as if I'm not equipped for this um, in my motherhood, in my marriage, in my mission through I Am Mother of the Year. I was living out of this fear-based anxiety that I'm not equipped for this. So why am I even trying? And so um, what ended up happening was um, a friend sent me this Bible verse from Hebrews that says, what he has given you, he will equip you for. And so that's how I started replacing the lie with the truth. And so anytime I would hear myself say, I'm not equipped for this, like, stop. What he has given me, he will equip me for. And that really became my mantra to break free from that lie. And then um, the creation of this journal, I'm sure it just didn't appear out of thin air. And I'm sure there was a lot of <laughs> replacing that, <laughs> uh, that lie with the truth to, to get to this point. Yeah, for sure. For sure. It, it's been more than a year in process of um, gathering stories from women ages 13 to 59 um, and, and figuring out, like asking them to take a look at their lives and where are they uh, finding their biggest lies and how are they replacing that with the truth and what does freedom look like for them? And so like gathering those stories, writing them, sharing them. Um, and then I worked with an artist friend who was on a very similar journey to myself, though through painting instead of writing. Um, but she really felt the call of God to like start using her gifts and creating the space that she needed. And so we got together and she created these beautiful artwork pieces. They're five he is statements of truth and five I am statements of truth. And they're so beautiful. And so we we got, got away on a retreat together to, to write and paint and do all of the creative fun stuff. And then, man, we just we worked tirelessly to put this thing together. Uh, and it's been incredible. Yeah, it's it's absolutely beautiful, and so if you have a chance to check it out, uh, it, there's a lot of space for reflection. It's got some incredible um, truth in it too, of course. And so, uh, first off, Lisa, I thought it'd be kind of good just to kind of go through the four steps that you talk about in the getting started section. Uh, yeah, <laughs> just to the basic overview of okay, you've been talking about how you replace lies with the truth. How do I actually do that in my own life? Right. And this is very surface level and it looks different for everyone. So it, there's not like a cookie cutter way, but if we're going to simplify it and you're going to start at the very beginning, the first step is to pay attention to your triggers. Um, so your triggers are anything that makes you feel anxious, nervous, frustrated, um, anything that you, you're like, oh, I always compare myself to that person and that triggers something to me get curious about that. Start paying attention to those things. And when you start paying attention, you'll, they'll become really obvious. It's like, I liken it to like when you get a new car, you thought, Oh, I've never seen this car before. And then you see the car, like it feels like everyone is driving that car. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just so obvious. Um, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but I, you know, I, I feel that way. So, um, so it's really, it becomes obvious when you start looking for those things. Um, and then it's, Step two is really figuring out what are you believing in the moment? Like pinpoint the lie. So for me, it, helped, it was helpful to write it down because sometimes when I write things on paper, I'm kind of amazed at like how vulnerable I'm able to be instead of just thinking it. When I write it, it makes it feel more real to me. Um, but I, um, 
yeah, just so it's pinpointing the lies and figuring out what you're believing. And so most often we're believing lies about our identity, uh, who we are and, or, uh, who God is and his character. So we're either believing things about ourselves or, um, or we're thinking maybe God's not a good God and we, we doubt his character and his goodness and, um, and his plan for us. And those are the ways that we, those are the two core lies that we tell ourselves. Um, and so then it's step three is replacing it with the truth. And so, um, sometimes it's really easy. Like you just flip the script and you're like, for me, the first one lie was, uh, what he, you know, I'm not equipped for this. Well, what he has given you, he will equip you for you know, that's an easier one to do. Um, another lie that I uh, have found myself really struggling with, it's like the deeply rooted, very intertwined with my identity lie is that I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy of being seen and known and loved for who I am. I'm not worthy of any kind of success. I'm not worthy to, to lead and usher people into peace and freedom. Um, and so I'm, I'm wrestling with that a lot. And so that, that, truth looks a lot different, uh, given every different circumstance that I feel that lie in. Um, and then finally in step four, it's just imagining your freedom. Um, and sometimes that's the hardest part is like letting your mind wander to a place where the lie has no place, you know, to the future where you walk into a room and you're confident in your gifts and abilities and you're, you're secure in the, in the love of your creator um, and the lie, as soon as it comes to your mind, if it even does, is wiped away. Like you're able to replace it so quickly with the truth. And I think sometimes imagining that freedom is really difficult. But when we start to get a taste of what that could look like, we really start to want it even more. So we're able to work on this process a little bit harder. You know, it's interesting, Lisa, there, they, um, sports psychologists talk about this a lot, pro athletes, that's what they have to do. They, um, they imagine what the game's going to look like, how they're going to succeed, how they're going to make the shot, how they're going to throw the touchdown. And it sounds a little new agey, but I mean, it really is true. If we believe that God is in control of everything, he's already, uh, he's prepared a way for us. You know, we have to live in that victory and not living, not live in failure. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that's why I think it's so hard for us because we do think it's this concept and then it's, you can dabble with some of the like religious legalism type things. Like this is not a, a name it, claim it. This is like allowing the God of the universe to expand your imagination to a place of freedom, which he wants you to have. He wants you to live freely you know, he doesn't necessarily maybe care that you get a Lamborghini, right? <laughs> but he really, he really wants to redeem and restore you and your relationships. And he wants you to live freely in who he's created you to be. All right. So let's dig deeper into some of the truths that you have in your incredible journal. What's true about you, Lisa? Okay. So truth number one, I am dearly loved. Yeah. Yeah. This is uh, one of the truths that, cause I kind of mentioned it before where I um, I feel unworthy. And one of those things is I feel unworthy of love um, by, you know, from the people around me who do love me and they love me well, um, but still somehow I, I try to self-sabotage and think that I'm not worthy of that gift. Um, and then I, I feel like, man, I don't even, I don't even think I'm worthy of God's love and his favor in my life. Um, and, and so like, and that's the hardest thing to to live out for me is it's easy to say, of course, I'm loved, you know, for God so loved the world, right? John three sixteen. <laughs> but, but like to live like that is a lot harder. And so 
you know, sometimes I think, man, I've messed up way too many times. I need to get everything together and then I'll bring it to God. Like, look at me, God, look at how awesome I am. Cause I just worked really hard on this. And he's like, just come as you are. Like God is so, so real. So the, the lie would be that I'm not worthy. I'm not loved. Um, but the truth then would be that, that God loves you so much. And he's trying to show up in your life a million different ways um, to prove how real he is to you. And he's going to keep sending people and songs and verses and, and dreams and visions and imagination. He's bringing all of that to your life every day so that you can feel the tangible love of your creator. Yeah, and then that that's, uh, bridges right into another truth that you have in your journal, that God is for you. God is for us. Yes, this is one of my favorite ones because I just love the fact that like, God is, is stacking the deck in our favor. He created us to, to come alongside of him and do partner with him to change the world. And man, he's, he's for us doing that. He's not against us. Um, but it might be hard to believe. Um, I know there's a few people in my life who struggle with this exact lie because they've had, they've gone through more things that you could even like, no one should have to go through the childhood that they went through, or they're struggling really badly with a divorce and abandonment. And, uh, you know, another friend lost a baby and it was like, is he really for me? Cause I prayed for this miracle and he didn't show up. So is he really still good? Um, but then, yeah, that, that bridges into the lie, like the lie that God isn't good, that he can't be trusted. He's probably going to ruin your life. And if, if you give everything over to him, he's going to make you sell all your possessions and move to the Amazon rainforest. And you know, you're going to die from a snake bite, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, but the truth is then obviously that God is for you, that he's so real. He wants to meet you where you really are. And so, um, that's, that's an exciting truth for me. That's the one that gets me really jazzed. So now let's talk about a truth that I know a lot of people need to hear, especially if, you know, you kind of talked about this in the last one, but people that have had, uh, things that have, have happened in their pasts that they may say, boy, I've messed up so much. There's no way yeah. God can forgive me, but you say, and God says, you know, something that's yeah. true about you, you are forgiven and free. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know through the process of writing this journal, um, and when it was in the editing process, so I was kind of not living and breathing it anymore. I'd kind of turned it over. And then I, I got stuck in this simple pattern that I keep allowing myself to like, it just gets the best of me. And it is so frustrating when it happens. Um, cause with sinful nature, like it's, you want it and then you don't, it's, you know, it's just, it's messy and it's confusing. And, um, my editor actually sent me this page from the journal. I'm forgiven and free. And I'm like, Oh, oh my gosh, I don't have to be the victim, you know, to, to, I don't have to be the victim in, in my own life, in my own story to keep falling to this. Um, God sees me where I'm at. He's, he's not ashamed or embarrassed of me. Um, and he's, he keeps forgiving me every time I ask, um, and loves me too much to keep me in that place, but, um, lovingly and gently guides me out of it. So, um, man, no matter what you've done or what's been done to you that, um, man, it makes you feel like you're held hostage. Um, the truth is that you're forgiven because of, you know, the good news of the gospel and, um, you're forgiven and you are free. You can walk in freedom from that. You can leave that behind and, 
Um, man, that's easier said than done, but that is like, that is God's will for your life is, is that freedom. All right. Continuing, uh, some incredible truths. And again, if you want to get all these and then have some place to reflect on them too, there's a, this great journal it's called what's true about you, Lisa, let's talk about another truth. I am seen and known and in a world where we're just craving likes, on Facebook and Instagram, just we always want attention and sometimes we don't get any of it. Boy, this is, uh, I think, a timeless truth. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, because we, especially in social media, we generally only post the highlight reel uh, and then we get some love and affirmation for that. But then when we, when we are too scared to like post or even share with a real life human, um, you know, man, I'm struggling with this. And then we don't, we isolate ourselves basically. And so then we put up the walls so that we're not seen and known, even though that's what we're really created for. And that's what we really desire. Um, but I had a friend who her stories in the journal, but she was struggling with suicidal thoughts and depression and she hid it from everyone in her life. And then when she admitted it to God, he literally saved her life. He sent a friend and saved her life that day. And um, that was, that's been about five years ago. And so her lie was that she was believing that is she can't even share the story with her husband. She couldn't st- share the story with her sister, her best friends. Um, and she couldn't even share it with God because of the way she thought he would judge her. But the truth that she ended up realizing was that God sees her and knows her and uh, he loves her anyway. And man loves her more than she could even fathom. And so that literally saved her life. And um, so she is now, man, she's on this awesome journey to make sure that moms especially do not go through stuff like that alone. One more truth for you here. And if you want to find out more, again, go to IamMotherOfTheYear.com or check out the I Am Mother of the Year Facebook. Lots of truth there too as well. But let's talk about, um, I think the again, kind of tying into social media and, and – um, People are more connected than ever, Lisa, but people feel more alone than ever. And one of the most incredible truths in this book, in this journal, is that you are not alone. Right. Yes. Um, and this is especially, this this journal is for, for all women of any life phase and stage. Um, the truth is timeless. It's not just for mothers, but this truth, I feel like, speaks to motherhood so much just because... Um, you know, when, when you have a new baby or, um, your, your kids with you or whatever, and you go, you walk into the house and greet your family or you're at the store and someone sees you, it's like, they go to the baby first. They, you know, Oh, just a good, 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 you know, and then, <laughs> and then you start like, you start becoming and feeling invisible. Um, and then, you know, when you're struggling with loneliness and, you know, all of the other things and the overwhelm that comes with being a mom, um, then you start to isolate yourself because then you start telling yourself the lie that I'm alone, no one cares. Um, and, you know, and, and God probably doesn't care about me because there's so many other big things going on in the world. Um, but the truth is that God is not only near to you all the time, he's, He's so near to you that he, he's living inside of you. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, and he's going to keep being faithful and bringing people to you. And if you can be brave and share your story to share just a tiny bit of truth with someone, then man, that's when you're going to start creating that genuine community. Um, and that's what I feel like. I beat that drum all the time. Just be brave. Just go first. Um, and so they can borrow your courage and say, me too. But that really helps us fight the lie that 
I'm alone. I'm alone. No one else is going through this. Well, Lisa, I feel like you've gone first by putting this all onto, into a book and taking the time to craft it and share it with the world. So uh, yeah. on behalf of so many moms that I know are going to get a lot from this, thank you. <laughs> How does it feel to finally see, as you were talking about, this has been an over a year of your life into this journal. How does it feel to have it in your hands and be able to hand it to other people now? Uh, it's, it's two things. It's equally like exhilarating and it's equally terrifying because <laughs> it's part of it's like, I feel like I was, I was pregnant with this idea and this, you know, this work for so long that I'm like, here's my baby. Do you think it's cute? You know, <laughs> but then the other part of it is I know that I know that it can be life-changing for people. And so when I hand it to them, I'm like, oh my gosh, oh God, just do what only you can do in this journal. And I'm just glad to be a part of it. One final question for you, Lisa. You kind of touched on this at the very beginning of the interview, but I always think uh, people that have chased their dreams and, and have taken that step where so many of us have not, what was the thing that finally got you to start this journey to write this journal? Oh, that's a great question. I, I think it was, I mean, for sure, I'm just going to say the blanket. It was God, you know, um, laying out the steps. But what, what made me take action on it was first telling, telling someone else like, Hey, I think this is my next thing. And them going, uh, yeah, it is. You need to do this. Um, and then the other part of it was I started to feel really restless with this. I have to do this. I have to, I started panic on other people's behalf. Like what if they don't know the truth? Like, especially in moments where I was like able to fight the lie and replace it with the truth. I'm like, oh, what I felt so burdened for, for women that who would go home that day and not be able to replace the lie to believe the lie and, and operate under that place of fear. And I just, I couldn't take it. I just, I couldn't take it. I had to do something. And so um, that, that's how it all kind of started for me. If you're a parent of teens or preteens, you probably are trying to figure out how in the world to raise them in this new generation. Cause you're thinking, well, I can't do the same things my parents did. <laughs> my mom would just take away my keyboard. Because I was on the computer a lot as a kid. She'd just take away my keyboard, but you can't really do that if, if your kids have a phone and stuff like that. So, so what do we do? Well, Christine Carter has a brand new book that's coming out called The New Adolescence, Raising Happy and Successful Teams in an Age of Anxiety and Distraction. And there is so much good stuff in her book. And she'll be sharing that with you next week here on the 30 Second Book Club podcast.